0: And what's up, everybody? I hope you all have had a great day, a great week. Whatever this time of day it is you're listening, you all, I'm so excited because we have one of my favorite humans, people, brand, all the above here. We have Barry CEO Joey Gonzalez here to talk about where Barry's has been, what they're up to. We're talking our Spotify wraps. We're talking just working out, being healthy. All the above. So, if you like working out, if you like health, if you like wellness, if you just want to hang out and take a walk and listen to something, this is the episode for you. So, let's get into today's episode with Barry's Global CEO Joey Gonzalez. And Joey, welcome to the show. How are you? Good. It's
2: it's good to be back with
0: you, Colin. You know, we're here. We're here to party. Okay, I usually like to do my question of. Like, what is influential being to you, but I don't feel like doing it today. Tell me who your top two artists on your Spotify wrapped or Apple replay were.
2: If you know. Oh my gosh, it's really embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor, Taylor Swift. And are you ready for the second one? Let's go. Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> That's not embarrassing at
0: all. Those Taylor was my number like- one also in... It's like a
2: teenage girl's playlist. Like, I don't know what goes on in my free time.
0: No, that's iconic. We love Kelly and we love Taylor here. This is a taylor Kelly space.
2: I just don't (laughs) talk about it as openly and honestly. I actually do think there's a flaw, and the flaw is when you're in fitness and you use music and you listen to music, a lot of it isn't Apple music, right? It's like DJ play. it's, It's things that it can't recognize, so I'm actually mm-hmm. way edgier than Apple thinks I am. I just want to, you know, get that in there. Like, I, approve. I also
0: feel like it's weird that, okay, this might sound controversial for my fellow Swifties, but John Mayer is usually my top artist every year. And this year, it's this like the first year, it's not him. And it's Taylor. And so I don't know if I'm, like, changing into a new era or what's going on. But John Mayer was nowhere near, like, my top songs or artists at all. Wow. You've moved on. So... So I I clearly I'm he I'm in my healing era right
2: now, I guess.
0: I mean this let's be honest.
2: 2023 was her year. It was. Yeah. She
0: she fed but, us. We got to speak now, Taylor's version, 1989. She fed us. We were well yeah. fed this year. But Very I well listened
2: fed. the other thing is I listened to Renaissance on repeat for so long. I don't know how it didn't make it, but maybe that was 2022. Um, yeah. but anyway. Yeah, it's like
0: yeah, that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother story. I'll go down that rabbit hole later. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> back to <laughs> um, what are we talking tell about? Me, <laughs> so, take <laughs> me back to before we get into berries. Take me back to the role <laughs> that health and wellness played in your life growing up. Were you a big like exercise person or healthy person?
2: Like, what was the what was the vibe? I mean, if I could sum it up in one word, it would be sedentary. <laughs> was how I that was how I was as a child <laughs> in my adolescence. I was very much inspired by my nuclear family. Um, You know, my dad would go to the gym for two hours a day and do yoga and everything. My mom um, would, you know, really try to encourage me to get up in the nicest way possible in her, you know, thick Italian accent.
1: Joey, you should at least go for a walk today.
2: (laughs) But I'm enjoying my pizza. and the third movie of the day. It just was not great. I was really sedentary. My brother... Uh, Became a sports medicine doctor, super active in like two or three sports uh, during the year. My sister, the same. She's now an Ironman triathlete. Um, So uh, I didn't really have a choice. I kind of, it was like either beat him or join him. So I joined him eventually.
0: Okay. Wow. That took a turn because I was hoping for the, you know, I jogged and ran a little bit Yeah, I can't relate. I honestly only did sports and stuff. and I'm going down a tangent. I honestly only did sports and stuff growing up because I felt I looked good in the uniforms. Like, I did tennis and basketball because I was like, oh, you know what? I look good. I also, and it used to be so funny, like, our team would lose and our coach would be, like, pissed and stuff. He'd be like, I could have seen you guys play better, blah, blah. And I'd be like, but coach and everybody, we look so good in our uniforms. Like, Look like our our color scheme, like
2: you can't unmatched. They're and like, you be Colin, like, what? You you've bedazzled you've yours. You're like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know. And I, and I'm like, in your point. <laughs> <laughs> and sparkling I, on the field,
0: right? I like, like my legs looked good to this day, like, <laughs> best legs down in the Atlantic Ocean can't compete. <laughs> Got it. So, yeah. like, were you were you one of those kids also like growing up in p e that was like shy to like do the uh what do you call it like the challenge where it's like the rock wall and stuff,
2: or were you um, kind of like the i don't, shy I one? was kind of bigger, so strength wasn't really my challenge, <laughs> but that like timed mile was the bane of my existence, you know every year when they timed your mile, and I was like, oh, oh God. gosh, I'm gonna have to do this um yeah, that's great. Yeah, so I I found fitness later in life. It was really in my early 20s that I started to kind of fall in love with it in a crazy way, just like absolutely loved it. And it's because growing up, you don't, at least back in the day, uh, either you were an athlete or you didn't really do much physically. Do you know what I mean? Like there were were no kids when I was growing up that were just working out, quote unquote. You were either training for football or soccer or whatever, But I fell in love with just working out. Like, my time at the gym, I love it. it it's my favorite time when I take a various <laughs> class and I, like, disappear in that red room. It, it is, like, if I don't work out during the day, uh, it's not a great
1: day for me. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man.
0: And I feel like that's important, too, that you touched on, like, the whole mindset around it. Like, you can't go with the mindset where it's like, I got to lose money, I got to do this. And it's like, that can be your drive. But if you're just too focused on that, you kind of lose the enjoyment of it, like you said, like, of just, like, being there, being with community, being there with friends, having a fire playlist or whatever. So I feel like it's, like, really, like, I immediately got into working out doing stuff, I feel like in college to help with my anxiety and help bring it down so once I kind of got away from like I gotta be here to get my anxiety level down stuff into like you know what I like being here I feel good after I have energy I feel like that's when it really started to become enjoyable and I feel like that's something that we tend to lose in the track of it whenever people are like oh let's go to the gym it's like no it's a place you know have fun like health is a benefit of it but that can't be your whole like main mindset because then it just makes it a, a miserable like experience yeah Yeah. And like what and what was your like first role in
2: into this space? like was it at Barry's or what was kind of your first? Uh, sort of. It was my first role in fitness was uh, actually in sales. Um, <clears throat> at Gold's gym in Hollywood. Uh, but the only reason I at the time was working, uh, it, I was actually a temp and I was moving around from one job to the next. Uh, and I had just kind of sunset my acting career, which is what I did from age 13 to 25. Um, and once I gave that up, I was sort of lost to a certain extent, just trying to find what it is that I wanted to do with the rest of my life. And I knew what it had been like to be madly in love with my career, uh, and wasn't going to settle for less than that. So I went through every job you could imagine from like massage therapist to real estate salesperson. Like I tried it all. Um, and at the time I was temping, I started to do berries uh, and I was so obsessed. I was going maybe twice a day. Uh, and then I heard that the GM position was opening up. Um, and it, that, I had heard that like six months before it finally opened up. Like the girl who oh, was wow. in that position took a long time to leave.
1: (laughs) 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 I was like, Charlie, where are you going,
2: girl? Like, I'm waiting. Um, In the meantime, coincidentally, Barry asked if I wanted to be a trainer, which was like the ultimate dream, right? And so now I became a trainer, had my eye on the GM role, finally uh, heard that it was open uh, to apply for. And by that time, uh, I had actually had experience now working at Gold's Gym, getting some, uh, you know, sales experience. uh, And... I'm so sorry. Colin, someone's knocking at my door. Can we pause yeah, for we can... a sec? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was
0: like, that's the that's the beautifulness of not recording well, live.
2: Well, I'm in the middle of a... Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's no, like, it's is fun. he going to stop? It's um, like,
0: it's we're not live, so that's the beauty of great not being live.
2: <laughs> okay. Um So, I... Where was I? I became an instructor first. And then... Uh, after a couple of months of being an instructor, the GM role opened up. And since I had been working that sales role at Golds, I felt like at least I had one thing on my resume that I could sort of bring in and say, look, I've learned something, right? I've learned acquisition. I've learned, you know, sales strategy, et cetera. So um I got that job and and had that dual role for a number of years.
0: And the To be the trainer, like, I'm always curious, like, how did that process work with, like, a lot of, like, fitness tests, or how did that process
2: go to become, like, a trainer there? You're talking about, like, certifications? Yeah. Oh. So, group has its own, like, certifications. There's an actual group cert. Uh, We prefer, today, back then it was just group cert. Today, we prefer group plus PT, personal training, um, at the time, I just, you know, I got my group certification, and then there was no training program for berries at that time. Uh, you kind of just were thrown in, and, and you figured, <laughs> um, remember, this is, you know, 2005, where boutique fitness doesn't exist. It's, you know, it's the only player in the landscape, Berries at the time. So the bar was on the floor, you know, it so just had to be able to deliver <laughs> a decent class. So that was it. Yeah, that was my beginning of teaching. Uh, Got my group cert uh, before I started teaching. And that's it. That was the story.
0: And for those who aren't familiar, can you give us? (laughs) I'm screaming. (laughs) Could you give us like a backstory of what Berries is for those who aren't too familiar, like what it is and like what your current
2: role is? Sure. So Berries is the original hit boutique fitness concept that started in 1998 by a genius man named Barry. So there is a Barry. Uh, It's a combination (laughs) of running on the treadmill and lifting weights on the floor, and you go back and forth for 50 minutes. Uh, Today, we've actually innovated, and we have a number of modalities. So we have another concept called ride, where same combination of cardio and strength, but a different machine you know you're using a stationary bike that you're going back and forth with Uh, and then we have a third modality called lift which is 50 minutes of just pure strength training and it's the best workout in the world trademarked no and
0: it really is and one thing that i really like about is i feel like a lot of the gyms that we talked about like a lot of times you go into them and they can be intimidating and it feels like oh gosh everybody here's a pro and here i am this like whatever. And I feel like one experience I really like about it is the minute you walk in, it's that sense of community and everybody's like, hey, is this like your first time? Welcome. And I feel like that's one thing that's very unique to the Barry experience. And what also why a lot of people don't like going to gyms or boutique fitness places, because I feel like everybody's like ahead of them and it's not really welcoming. So (coughs) what are some ways that you all uh, really do a good job of like making it inclusive and making everybody feel safe? Because that's something hard to do with any type of environment.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think we're hyper-focused on it because Barry's has a reputation of being challenging. And so for decades, we have gotten feedback from both clients and non uh, that it's an intimidating brand. So with that in mind, we really started to create a customer path, an experience for clients who you know were trying us for the first time, where you show up. Uh, and, you know, there's a nice handwritten note from the manager waiting for you either on your treadmill or on your floor space, welcoming you to the Fit FitFam. Um, and so immediately you feel, you know, welcomed in this new dark red space. Uh, you're also <laughs> given a short tour around the studio and shown like how to operate the machines and um, what's going to happen on the floor. And you have a little bit of uh, one-on-one time with your instructor before you go in. So really just helping people, helping them ease into the experience. And that um, tone carries on throughout the class. So as an example, I just taught this morning in Atlanta, and I'm very aware, and all the instructors are, of the varying degree across the room, right? There are some very advanced athletes. There are some first-timers always who are either Intermediate, beginner, advanced, or lower than beginner, right? And I had a little bit of everything. And so we will give our speeds and our directions to both the floor and the treadmill. uh, And the whole time will really be balancing, encouraging the elite athletes to push as hard as they possibly can and cheerleading those that might be beginner or lower Um, In trying their best and in pushing their best, but also in accepting that their best is good enough for us, right? Because we never want someone to leave feeling deflated or humiliated or anything like that. No,
0: and I feel like that is true because I remember the first time I went to one of the classes, my friend who I won't name, but she knows who she is. Um, she kept putting up the <laughs> resistance on my bike. She's like, you can do what you got this. And the instructor was very kind to of me, like you said, read me and being like, okay, like, he's clearly this is his first time. Like, do the best that you can do. <laughs> it was just like, no, you're going to turn up that resistance, baby. You're going to like, you got this. <laughs> and I'm just like, leave me alone. And that's I feel so like that's funny. so true because I feel like a lot of times that these classes and stuff, they assume that a lot of people are – kind of advanced and instead of like kind of like seeing it's like hey like is this person okay or good like they're just like all right everybody like you got this let's go go and they're kind of pushing you and not reading it yeah so i feel like that's just very important to make sure you're kind of reading the room and actually seeing it's like okay like everybody in here is not going to be like level 10 some might be three some might be negative three and you kind of have to be like okay do
2: your best you you want to keep her around by the way that's a friend everybody needs (laughs) truthfully
0: <laughs> no, she's scared. She's first of all, she's a gym rat. Like she knows who she is. She is a gym rat. Um and always in berries. And she was the one that had been trying to get me to go forever. And I was just like, yeah, babe, like I'm the sit-still-look-pretty type. You know, I work out. I do legs. You know, <laughs> I do what needs to be done. But I don't know if I'm built for – for ba- and the minute I walked in and went, like, everybody was so welcoming. I let, like, the instructors know that I was here for the vibes. Yeah. And everybody kind of – as each class went, as each time I went, they'd be like, you know what, like, push yourself a little bit more and whatever, and I feel like that's just so important for an environment that's like, hey, like, don't give up now. Like, you got this. Like, keep going instead of being like, oh, well – Looks like you're just not our material, so see yeah. when we see you next.
2: <laughs> no, it, you know, if I'm being honest. The Barry's uh, experience was a lot more like what your friend did for you uh, that day. <laughs> You'd have instructors way back in the day pushing clients' speeds up, um, calling people out if they weren't doing things Uh, as well as, you know, maybe some of the others. Uh, And that was the business that I walked into. I, you know, because I was young and I could hang, like I always had a great experience, but I definitely saw people around me not feeling paid attention to, included, celebrated, met where they were, you know, like it just was, um, I, I saw a lot of opportunity there. And I would say that the way that that's changed has been because of how my life was impacted in growing up, you know, Latino, gay in the Midwest, uh, which is <laughs> you know, a very homogenous place. Uh, it just really made me want to spend the rest of my life ensuring that other people never felt that way and that people felt <clears throat> included uh, and just a part of the party, you know? Because that's what Barry's Ultimate is like. It's, it's a party, everybody is there to have fun and work out hard and do their best.
0: Yeah, it's like we're not here to kind of we're here to you know hear some greatest like hits. Feel like we're at a bar on a Thursday night. We're here to turn up, get our legs toned, as I call it, the DILF legs. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> get our, tone. but uh, I think what's also really cool about it is if like the energy from being in the class is also really transpired online on you guys is social and stuff, which can be really hard to do of kind of like create that same atmosphere and community online as well like is there like a formula that you all try to do to kind of really capture that community feel whether it's online through the various apps that you guys have and through Instagram and all the things like how do you guys
2: kind of like formulate that yeah it's not the easiest because we are always my head of brand is genius she's amazing Vicky not sure if you've met her but Um, Oh, I love her. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's a most fabulous girl. And it's it's a tough job to balance managing a premium fitness brand uh, with one that is community first. Right. And so uh, I would say, you know, we do a little bit of both. Uh, We do like, you know, the berry's fashion shoots where you kind of get a sense for this brand being. Hip and cool and fun and sexy and all of those things, but we also showcase our community, which is something I'm always pushing for. Um, and we have we do something <clears throat> every week called Spotted, which is one of my favorite features on our Instagram and our social, uh, which is where we just share, you know, all of our users' content. Uh, And it'll be, you know, someone's 100th class or, you know, cute selfies in the red room. And uh, just a way for us to really, A, make our clients feel seen um, and giving them some, you know, visibility so that other members of the community can see them and follow them or message them and say, oh, my gosh, I was in that class or whatever, you know, start a conversation starter. Uh, And then also to show, like, the diversity and show how incredible Berries is because it is located at this point in so many different cities and States and countries, you know, we're in, we're going to be in our 15th country this year. So, Ooh. um, that's definitely something we like to to showcase.
0: Cause I feel like that is true. Cause a lot of times, like, if you're <laughs> someone who either is going somewhere or looking to go somewhere, you want to make sure that you see, people there that look like you and just see the representation because that can be a stumbling block whenever people are like hey like come check this out the first thing we'll do is whether it's a restaurant a place or something we go to their social media and so that kind of is like the first impression of it and if people don't see themselves or can really visualize themselves in those spaces that's going to stop them from even signing up or registering for something so i feel like That's so very key in making sure that you, like you said, like do a really good job of emphasizing that and really showing that if that's something that your business is
2: doing. Yeah. And we also want to give our followers perks on social, right? So we'll, when we have brand partnerships, we'll do social giveaways, you know, with Celsius and Therabody and Lululemon and so many of our great, great supportive partners. Um, And I would say, That social for me personally and for the brand has been great in terms of feedback faucet. You know, my DMs are filled every (laughs) single day. Uh, And I'm everything from, you know, client experience to Mariana Tech Tech management. I'm, you know, always responsive with clients and always trying to help them. And and our, you know, brand page is the same. So just being really receptive and responsive uh, is another part of our social strategy. And we also leverage our talent because we have the best instructors in the world. So we leverage them as our brand ambassadors to really help amplify our campaigns and our challenges and all of that. No,
0: and that's so true. Like I love whenever I see like instructors I've met or done and I'm seeing like a cool campaign. I'm like, that's her. That's her. you better go, girl. Yes, let's do it. Um, which I think is really cool, too, because it makes you take pride in being like, oh, that's my instructor. Like they're the best and all that stuff. And it just really makes you take pride in your class and then also – seeing the different people that you know, or have you met, or you've seen on there, like doing cool things and in the class too, which is really fun. Yeah. But my main question is how do you guys decide on where to be? Cause I feel like there has to be a method to the madness of like how you're going to be like, Oh, we're going to open another one in Sydney, or we're going to open one over here in like WeHo or like, <laughs> how does, how does that formula
2: work of how you guys decide where to be? Yeah. It's a combination of really listening to our clients as well as looking at the data, right? So we have not a data-driven strategy, but rather a data-informed strategy um, where we will take a look at, you know, the psycho-demographic reports across any of the U.S. cities we're considering, and um, it will either pop or won't on paper. But one of the ways that we then stack rank, you know, which markets to prioritize other than the obvious, which is, you know, procuring development sites, is... Taking a look at what our clients, where our clients want us to be next. And we do that from a variety of, we've had, you know, space on our website where you can request a location, you know, and, you're, and you enter your zip code. We have inbound requests through email, through direct messaging, all that. So it's a really a combination of those two things.
0: Because I've always wondered that whenever they're like, oh, this one's coming here. And I'm like, oh, that's such a good spot. There's a Erewhon or a Trader Joe's or Target right there. That's perfect. I can go shopping and then go to class right after or vice versa. This makes yeah. so much sense.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and when speaking of partnerships, like you mentioned, like Lululemon and a few others, how do those conversations usually start? Is it like you guys approaching them being like, hey, we have this cool activation Or is it like them reaching out to you on being like, hey, we have this coming up. Would you guys like to partner? So it's
2: always been very much um, organic and inbound. So it would be conversations that are inspired by already existing relationships with either clients who work at, let's say, Diageo and put together, you know, put us in touch with the Don Julio team or something like that. Um, That's how we've really built our brand partnership, um, historically how we built that stream of revenue and that experience for our clients. This past year was the first time we actually put a headcount against it. So now we have brand partnership uh, individual who's really talented uh, and is proactively seeking out brands to partner with that really help elevate both brands, right? Uh, And have sort of a, a symbiotic relationship where we're either already sharing a lot of customers that are just going to love the partnership or alternatively, (laughs) you know, want to give each other access to each other's customers because maybe we don't yet, but we know they're very much the same, right? So, um, but our partnership, it's really broad the way that we think about it. We work with, you know, Netflix on new movies and TV shows. We work with uh, alcohol brands. We we really work with uh, a lot of different industries, uh, and it's so much fun. And I think you know my what I love about my team is that they're always putting the brand first. Uh, I think we we definitely leave some money on the table to the extent that we're not going to do any job. Like we've been approached mm-hmm. by a lot of companies that we just don't feel like it makes sense from a brand perspective. Uh, but that's really you know I think Barry's has built some really great brand equity and to compromise that would not be great for us.
0: Cause I feel like a lot of times like companies will be like, Oh, well, we're really trying to reach Gen Z or mommy bloggers. So we're going to work with um, this brand called goat sweaters that makes sweaters for goats. And then people look at it, they're like, wait, what, this doesn't make any sense. So I feel like it's very important to be attuned, like use your tools of like, what are people commenting on uh, saying that they'd love to see you guys work with or, talk to your consumers and be like, Hey, like what are some things that you guys like to do instead of just picking up random partnerships for a check? Yeah. And like, do you have, now I'm like curious, do you have like a dream brand company or person that you would like to see collab with? Like for berries? Oh man. Um,
2: That's a good one. I would have to think about it. I mean, for a while it was Lululemon, uh, and we did an incredible collab. It was called "Stronger is One." Uh, I don't know if you were a Barry's client at that time. Probably not. 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 It was 29 i
0: I've, I've seen the Lulu. I've seen the Lulu. the The collab merch for it. it's fire.
1: Yeah, it was.
2: Um, it was awesome. It was basically like a a capsule within the Lululemon stores. Uh, around 40 pieces that were branded berries and Lululemon. And it was all branded like Stronger is One. And it was, you know, I think 150 stores around the world, which was really cool because then we uh, had, you know, exposure in markets where we didn't yet even exist and got to see, you know, whether or not people knew the brand and how they responded to it. Um, So that was a dream come true. I think uh, in terms of what I'd love to do in the future, Um, I think we're really looking for the right hospitality partner to start doing some Mm -hmm. really cool retreat stuff. Um, We've dabbled in it a bit, but um, I've always wanted to do something, you know, much bigger and better and more fun. Uh, So that's definitely something that we're exploring at the moment.
0: You guys should definitely do one. I'm a huge Erewhon person, so I push that and bring them up in every conversation to help manifest this dream for myself. Um, You guys should definitely partner with Erewhon and do something. I don't know what. It could be, like, a juice or a smoothie or something, but I I see it. That's a perfect Yeah. I see it. That's a perfect person. (laughs) (laughs) The berry shake. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's so funny. Uh, uh, But... Now, we were talking about, we said a comment earlier that made me think of, do you guys do any, like, pop-ups or in-person? Like, I know a lot of times at, like, festivals or just in the summer when people are more outside brands and stuff, will do, like, outside activations and things. Do you all do any of those, like, at the various um, locations to kind of get people aware and then also just kind of, like, take the experience outside the Red Room?
2: At the locations or you put pop-ups outside the locations?
0: Like pop-ups like outside, yeah. whether it's like an event or stuff,
2: we do for sure. we We started off kind of light back in the day. We would do pop-ups in like like Coachella, say, as an example, and we would you know just roll out mats and bands as an example. Uh, now, you know, we've gotten much more sophisticated and we'll roll in in some cases our treadmills. We've done like you know pop-ups in places like uh, Park City. Uh, during the Sundance Film Festival where we took over space and, you know, just recreated the Red Room. It was so cool. It was a really, really fun one. Um, actually, right now at Art Basel, we are premiering Barry's Ride in Miami Beach. Uh, and that's the, you know, cycling concept that we launched last year. Uh, so that's a really fun, like, out on the beach pop-up experience. Uh, we're going to do Aspen Gay Ski Week, I think, this year. Uh, it's oh, definitely, really yeah, a conversation that we're having. Um, so we, yeah, we do a lot of that. We 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 love to have fun. And in some cases we've even, uh, we're opening up a Scottsdale pop-up the same way we opened an Austin pop-up with the expectation that it will become, you know, a long-term studio, uh, but just wanting to sort of, test the waters and see, you know, if we have the audience for it.
0: That's, uh, uh, I definitely like the Austin one as someone from Texas, that would be a good one. Like I could see like a cool location around like the Barton Springs area near Zilker park over there. I I see the vision. I got you. I (laughs) see it. (laughs) You got my vote. (laughs) Um, um, for my last question, for everybody who's listening, I was like, Oh, Joey, cool. Like, Love that Berries does all this and just inviting. What advice would you give to a company or a brand that's listening that's like they want to create kind of that true like experience where a consumer or a client can come in and like feel that welcome thing from the minute like they go on the website to register to in person and then leaving. Like what's a good
2: strategy tip for people wanting to create like more of a welcoming environment experience? I think you just, you know, the most important thing is to know who your clients are, Right. We have a distinct advantage at Barry's that I would say 80% of the executive team were brand evangelists before they even worked here, Um, myself included, right? My president uh, was CFO of a publicly traded company and sent me countless emails asking if there was ever a chance he might be able to work at Barry's. And his, (laughs) his path is very similar to a lot of my other leadership team our head of operations, uh, SVP of ops, same thing. Um, So that gave us, you know, I think a little bit of an advantage in such, we really understood the customer journey. And so what we tailored and created for our clients in terms of client experience was coming from our own experience. So that would be my best advice, right? Is like, if you're trying to ensure that your customers have the best experience. You just really need to know your product. You need to understand the emotional journey they go through while they're either, wh- whether it's a service, right? What they're experiencing the minute they walk through the door or whether it's a product, you know, where you're selling online, what they experience the minute they click on the website or even before, right? So it's just, that's the most important thing. Get in the mind of your client.
0: There we have it, people. You heard it from, you heard it here first. <laughs> this is what you need to do. Uh <laughs> um, Joey, thank you so much for being here today and just bringing the vibes, bringing the energy that we all need. Thank you, Colin. Such a pleasure. Wow, how great was this episode? If you were like me, you probably took a lot of notes and have a lot of questions and comments. So if you do, feel free to add us at Adweek across Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias. And we'd love to hear from you all. And feel free to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. That always helps us. And we can't wait to hear from you all and see you in the next episode. So bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Young Influentials, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Aaron, and edited by Lane McGibney at Boundless Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com.